Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. We're now in the end of August, well into clerkship season. As you know, we've been hitting core content over the last few months, and that continues today with what is the most common chief complaint in emergency medicine, adult abdominal pain. And I'm going to assume that most of you already know the basics on taking a history and doing an exam on these patients. You know to ask about fever, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, dysuria. You know to push on the belly and feel for tenderness. You know roughly what organs are in each quadrant and some of the common diagnoses like appendicitis and things like that. We're skipping that today. What I want us to focus on are a few bonus steps. These are the steps that are going to get you into that top one-third on your slow. And the most important thing that you need to remember about abdominal pain is that old people die from abdominal pain. The approach to abdominal pain is risk stratification, and the elderly are the high-risk group. They actually have a mortality similar to STEMI. STEMI gets all this buzz but an elderly patient with abdominal pain is at very high risk for dying. Old people die from abdominal pain. So with that said, step one, the most important step, risk stratify. Ask yourself, is this patient elderly? Also, are they immunocompromised or diabetic or anything like that? Are they at high risk? Because not only are these patient groups at high risk for dying, just like we kind of were discussing before, they are also at high risk for presenting atypically. These are patients that you can literally push on their appendix, and it doesn't really seem to hurt them. They can get perfect bowel and not get a fever. They're high risk for cancer. They're high risk for vascular diseases like MIs and mesenteric ischemia and AAAs. During your clerkship, you need to show your attendings that you can risk stratify these high-risk patients. Verbalize it in your presentations. You need to articulate it to them. Step two, you need to do a GU exam on almost every single patient with abdominal pain. This is the same as with kids. You have to check the groin. There are lots of critical GU diagnoses. Ectopic pregnancy ovarian and testicular torsion, abscesses, hernias, pelvic inflammatory disease, prostatitis. You have to consider these, which starts by doing a good GU exam. So what I want you to do, impress your attendings and mention that you plan to perform a GU exam in your initial presentation to them. It will make you stand out. It proves that you're really making and thinking through your differential diagnosis. Step three, get your abdominal lab set as needed, as appropriate. Let's be really quick with this. The eight major labs to consider are CBC and electrolytes, EKG and troponin, liver function and lipase, urinalysis, and urine pregnancy. That's your sort of core lab set. CBC and lights, EKG and troponin, LFTs and lipase, UA and UPREG. Occasionally, you'll see lactic acid get added on if the patient's really, really sick. Maybe some blood cultures and that type of thing. But CBC, electrolytes, EKG, troponin, 
LFTs, lipase, urinalysis, and urine pregnancy are the most common. Next, step four is choosing imaging. The gold standard imaging for abdominal pain is a CT scan with three exceptions, really. And for the record, these exceptions will be tested on step two as well if you haven't taken it yet. Pretty much anything hepatobiliary is evaluated with a right upper quadrant ultrasound. So that's cholecystitis, biliary colic, and you can even see liver contour and things like that with a right upper quadrant ultrasound. Ultrasound is also the test of choice for genitourinary issues like ovarian cysts and abscesses and torsion, and then aorta. These days, this is almost always actually done at bedside. A good ED physician is really proficient with bedside ultrasound, and they look for abdominal aortic aneurysms at bedside in elderly, high-risk patients. Right upper quadrant, GU aorta. Other than those, CT tends to be the more common test. And finally, step five, disposition. If you decide to send any patient home with abdominal pain, they need follow-up within 24 hours, one day. Tinnalis actually recommends 12 hours. So this isn't next week, not two to three days. Within 24 hours is the standard of care for abdominal pain, especially in high-risk elderly patients. And keep in mind, it doesn't even have to be with their primary care provider. Because, I mean, what if it's a Friday night and their office is closed until Monday? What if it's someone who doesn't have a primary care provider at all? Sometimes it's totally appropriate that you recommend that your patient follow up in the emergency department in less than 24 hours. That's a very reasonable recommendation to make. That wraps up this episode. Think twice about elderly, immunocompromised, and diabetic patients. Do a good GU exam. Get your appropriate abdominal lab set. If you need to image, it's typically CT, unless you're looking at the right upper quadrant, GU, or aorta. And establish follow-up for your patient within 24 hours, back in the emergency department if necessary. Before we're done, I just want to go over one more thing. Let's just talk about our differential diagnosis briefly. An average medical student only thinks of their differential diagnosis in quadrants. Cholecystitis, pancreatitis, appendicitis, UTI, diverticulitis. You, you get what I'm saying. The issue with this is that this method doesn't prioritize any of the actual life threats. You always need to be thinking ischemia or PERF. Those are the really, really bad ones. Three critical ischemic abdominal pain syndromes are mesenteric ischemia, myocardial ischemia, and testicular ovarian torsion. And the three critical PERFs are AAA, perfed viscous, and ectopic pregnancy. Do not forget these. I've found that the quadrant approach caused me to miss things especially things that aren't located in a specific quadrant. So just really think through your differential diagnosis. I hope you found the content helpful today. Send me an email, zach at emclerkship.com, at any time about anything, and I will get back to you. Send me any episode requests you have and any pimp questions you have been asked this year. 
And I also just want to take a second to say, over the last few months, several of you, and you know who you are, have sent incredibly encouraging emails and have told friends and left five-star reviews and have just been overall ridiculously nice. I want to say thank you to everybody that has listened and downloaded and commented so far. I've had so much fun doing this podcast. I don't say this often enough. To everybody who listens, thank you. Good luck with your applications this year. I'm sure you're going to do great. Otherwise, until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.